There has been a delay in the start of this evening's session of the Democratic National Convention. CBS Radio, therefore, will start its convention broadcast one half hour from now at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Meanwhile, we resume our regularly scheduled program. Ladies and gentlemen, we take you now by transcription behind the scenes of a police headquarters in a great American city. For under the cold, glaring lights will pass before us the innocent, the vagrant, the thief, the murderer. This is the lineup. Kendall picked up two good prints at the jewelry store and checked right out. They fit Hennessy. Well, how about the mug? Bertram Goldberg and Carlon made him right away. Murph went through Hennessy's room, found most of the stuff from the McClure Hall. The rest of us bound to turn up. Fellow show up yet? Well, Corden said he might be a little late. I told Pete to run Hennessy on the last batch. Got the 48 coming through tonight. Oh? Yeah. Hennessy fell from Colorado Springs four years ago. The same stuff? Jewelry store? Uh, cattle rustling. Huh? Yeah. Oh, this boy's been around. He still owes him five for breaking parole in Cannon City. I'll be done. Well, I'll grab one over here. Now, when fellows come in, show him over, will you? Right, please. May I have your attention, please? You people out there on the other side of the wire in the audience room, may I have your attention, please? Thank you. My name is Cogger, Sergeant Pete Cogger. I'll explain the lineup to you. Each of the suspects you will see will be numbered. I'll call off a number, their name, and chart. At the end of each line, when I ask for questions or identifications, call out the number. Please be prompt with your questions or identifications. When the prisoners leave here, they're sent to the washroom and dressed back into their jail clothes. It makes it quite difficult to bring them back after they leave here. The questions I ask these suspects are merely to get a natural tone of voice, so do not pay too much attention to their answers as they often lie. All right, bring on the line. Keep it moving, boys. Right over here to the end of the stage. Spread out, stand facing the screen. Look straight ahead, no talking. Okay, number one, Saul Greenberg, Grand Theft Auto. Get your hands out of your pockets, Saul. Yes, sir. Where do you live? Uh, Omaha, Nebraska. The last place you slept, Saul. Oh, uh, Yorkshire Arms Apartments. It's in the Riverside District. I don't know the address. Any weapons when you were picked up? Yeah. What? Well, I had a gun and knife. Well, let's start with the gun. What kind? What make? A little twenty-two pistol, single-shot Smith. How big was the knife? Oh, about this long. Ten inches? Eight inches? About ten inches. How long you been in town, Saul? Since last Thursday. Don't look at me. Look out there through the screen. Were you alone when you were arrested? Yeah, I was alone. What kind of work you do? I don't work exactly. Mean you've never worked in your life? Oh, sure, but I mean not on a job, you know. No, I don't know. What do you mean? What do you do to make a living? I steal cars. Thank you, Saul. Next, number two, James Shanks. Burglary. Up to the circle. Yeah. Living any particular place these days, Jimmy? Nah, now you know me, Sergeant uh, Carger, huh? Yeah. I ain't so good no more. How, how you been? Fine, fine. Where'd you sleep last night, Jim? Last night? Yeah, last night. Over on Glenview in a parked car. How about the night before? Oh, same street and a different car. <laughs> Ever think about getting a job, Jimmy? Oh, sure, sure. I, I thought about it a lot. That all? 
I had a job once, Carter. I'd like to kill you. I'm Sergeant Carter, Jimmy. Oh, no, no offense. Anybody with you when you were arrested? Uh, I was going to tell you about when I worked. Answer the questions. Anybody with you when you were arrested? Well, yeah. Guy named Donald. You don't know the rest of his name? Just Donald. I don't know him very long, an hour or two. Donald Rhodes? Well, he's in the next room. I saw him here just before I come out here. He's a nice kid. You know how old he is? No. He's 17, Jim. This is his first lineup. No, honest. Honest? His first, huh? Well, what do you know about that? I know he won't like it very much, Jim. Number three, Rudolph Tate, open chart. Where do you live, Rudolph? Uh... 43, 356 North, 107th Street. What do you do? I'm a butcher. Where do you work? Uh, land's down market. When were you arrested? This morning at the market. Anyone else arrested with you? Yeah. Him. 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 And him. You know these men? Sure. George Zimanetti, right there. Frank and Paul Dorsey, the other two fellas. And Vic Spade. How long you known them? Which one? Zimanetti. Well, all of my life. How about the Dorsey brother? All I'm seeing is about, oh, I guess about five years, maybe six. And Spade? Just a couple of weeks. It's his fault. What's his fault? It was all his hmm? idea. He came in Captain and asked Waldo us to do it. Captain Waldo wants you in his office. Make yeah. you do it, Rudolph? I'm telling you, he had the idea in the first place. The whole thing was his I'm idea. Quiet. But did he make oh, you do okay. it? That's uh, what I Take care of fellows when he comes in. I'll well, be with Waldo. Uh, Here's the sheet. Right. Right. His idea. Okay, Asher. We'll see That's all I can say. All right, slide on down. Number four, George Demonetti. Ooh, it's hot in there. Air conditioning went out. Again? That's ah, a mess. I ought to pull the whole system out and start over. Oh, you said it. Maybe someday. Maybe. <laughs> Bill? Keep working on them and check with me later. Ben's starting from this end. Come in, Ben. Answer. Yeah, that's right. He just came in. Okay. Bye. Ben. Ed Drinkler's been snatched. The restaurant man? Yeah. His wife got this telegram at 8 o'clock tonight. Western Union people notified us. Mm -hmm. I have your husband. I want 10,000 in 10s, 20s, 50s. i let you know where you can pick him up. If you call him the police, he'll be dead. Stand by. It was phoned into the office from a pay booth in Arveda. No way to track it down. Let's see that, Ben. Yeah, here. Now, this Thanks. is a story. Drinkler called his wife from his office last night about 6 and said he had some work to get out. Mrs. Drinkler called him back there about 9 and he said he'd be home by midnight. Mrs. Drinkler went on to bed. When she got up this morning, she assumed he'd left the house already, but when he didn't show up for dinner tonight, she got worried and phoned the office. They told her he hadn't been in all day long. Mrs. Drinkler was phoning friends around town looking for him when the wire came in. Small got there about half an hour after the messenger boy. He's still there. Any leads? I sent a detail down to Drinkler's office. Murph and Crockett talked to his secretary and office manager. They weren't much help. People who work in the building, night watchman and scrub lady, said Drinkler had a visitor about 10 o'clock last night. Tall man, well-dressed. Gave a pretty hazy description. Could have been anyone. We're checking it out. That all? That's about it. Drinkler's car is still parked in the rear of the building. Something may turn up later on. Right now, we're going to have to play along. Well, what happened? Well, Mrs. Drinkler didn't have any trouble getting the money. It's being marked right now. Boys are working on it. You know what we're up against, Ben. Can't spend too much time. We'll have to figure it out as we go along. Yeah. Here's the address. 313 Cherry Drive, straight out York. Till you get to the parkway, then right. Two blocks beyond the golf course. Take uh, 17K. It's cleared with motor pool. Okay. Place might be watched. Park down the street and go in the alleyway. I've uh, got units here, 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 and here. Radio control's all set up. Right. 
A contact will be by phone or message again. It's the only way right now we can depend on getting any kind of lead. Small, Adler, Papish, and some men from the crime lab are out there. Federal man should be along pretty soon. I'll bring Carger and Quine out with me later on. Okay, that's it. All right. Now, uh, use anything, anyone. Do anything that occurs to you, Ben. I'll be right with you all the way. Okay. Oh, uh, Bill. Huh? Now, how's Mrs. Drinkler taking it? She wants her husband back. Hi, Small. Hi, Ben. Asher. Hi. This way. Mrs. Drinkler's in the next room. She's scared silly. Can you blame her? No, but we're going to need her if they happen to call. Yeah. Lab put in another line here and three extensions on the original line. This one in here, one on the floor below us in the kitchen, and one in the hallway. All right. Asher, take the extra line and check the telephone company. And uh, keep all the lights out except in the living room. Right, Ben. They tricked up a tape recorder. Any call comes in will go on the tape automatically the minute the connection's made. Circuit's wide open? Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Well, she got the wire three hours ago. I don't think they'd take any chance of staking the place out to see what she did. Looks too good right now. Holding him a whole day before contacting her. Well, there's a chance they'll call in tonight sometime, if they're cased it at all. <laughs> 